Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. This week, we are talking about communication. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to everyone who sent in a rating or review. I really appreciate your help. And even though we didn't quite reach the goals, and I think I was being a little too ambitious with the targets I set, I definitely learned from this experience, and I really still appreciate all of the ratings and reviews that you took the time to submit and to write. And maybe I will try another goal like this again in the future. We'll see. Now, if you haven't joined the Modern Manager community on Patreon, this is a great time to do it because if you join at the $20 level, you can attend the monthly group coaching call that is coming up this Thursday, August 16th. We have them every month. And if you can't make it live, you can submit your questions ahead of time. And of course, I will share the recording with anyone at that membership level. So if you want to get in on that, hop on over to Patreon now at p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash modern manager. And you will also get access to this episode's guide with any membership of at least $5. As always, the free mini guide for this episode is available on my website at mamieks.com slash podcast dash zero one three. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, it's already in your inbox. This is a particularly fun guide because it is graphics that you can print and post on your office wall to provide these kind of shared mental models for effective communication. Okay, so communication. As managers, we communicate all day long by email, by chat, in a meeting, on a phone. We give instructions, we give feedback, we give praise and gratitude, we share information and ask questions and offer suggestions. It is a lot. So today, I'm going to talk about the many factors that go into making you a rock star communicator. This is by no means an exhaustive list, but these are a few of the things that I find to be particularly important when being a great management communicator, right? A little different than a leader as a communicator, but as a manager. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. One aspect of a high-performing team is seamless information flow, which means that the people who have information share it with those who need it in a timely manner and an accessible format. Now, our job as managers is to make sure that we are cultivating that seamless information flow, which often comes through us. If we share too much information, we confuse people or overload them. But if we share too little, we send people down the wrong path or set them up to fail or in other ways cause more confusion. Knowing how much information is the right amount and who needs to know it is more of an art than a science. And the general rule of thumb is that more information is better than less. But it's not just about how much information you share, but the clarity in how you share it. And luckily, that is more science than art. There are numerous approaches to helping you institute some of those practices for good communication, like having a checklist or some guidelines. But a few things to think about to help you make sure you're giving the right information to the right people at the right time. One, after a meeting, take a moment to consider who needs to know the outcomes of this conversation. Who wasn't in this meeting who was impacted by the decisions that were made or the action items that were assigned? Number two, share the why and not just the what, especially when communicating around decisions. 
When you explain the thinking behind the decision, it helps that person, one, understand the decision more, and two, figure out how to apply that decision into their work. Number three, think about what details are important to ensure understanding. I find that many times we'll share information and we'll give kind of the big picture or the need to know information. And it's often in those little details that surround that action item or the decision that really helps somebody understand and have the full picture. And then lastly, when you're sending an email, use formatting to call attention to key information or required actions. And the more consistent you can be with how you use your formatting, the easier it will be for other people to read and interpret the information you're sharing. So always highlight deadlines in bold, for example, or highlight with a yellow background any action items where you need the person to respond or whatever it is. But again, if you can be consistent in those practices, it will be easier for you and for others who are interpreting your information. Another aspect to clarity in our communication is the intent behind what we're saying. So for example, I was speaking with a senior manager of a large company who explained how he has a practice of walking around the office and chatting with employees a wonderful thing to do. And he said that these conversations always seem to get his brain going and he can't help but share the ideas as he's talking. Now, at first, the employees would take his ideas and assume that they needed to start working on them because, after all, he was one of the senior leaders. But this was not what he intended. He was just bouncing ideas and wanted to get the person to think this way themselves and to start to assess for him or herself if there was anything in this conversation that was worth exploring. Now, the problem was that people started doing all kinds of things that were really more like distractions from the actual strategic work they were supposed to be doing because they were off exploring all these ideas and writing up research reports of what if we did this or what if we did that. So after some coaching, the senior leader decided to preface his ideas with the phrase, this is just a conversation for exploration, or I'm just throwing out some ideas for possibility. You don't need to do anything right now, but just think about this stuff. So now he was clearly distinguishing that these were ideas for possibility, not suggestions that they should go off and do something with, and definitely not requirements that necessitate action right away. I see this happen all the time in meetings. The boss or the senior person in the room throws out some ideas or makes some suggestions, and it's unclear whether these are true action items that need to be implemented, or they're simply offering a thought, or they're talking out ideas because they're an extrovert and that's how they think. So pay attention to your own style of communicating. And if you need to be more clear and direct about what things are real action items and what things are just ideas, please do that. Now, of course, we can do our best to communicate clearly, but it's not just about what we say. It's also about what the other person hears. And that's why it's important to also check for understanding. Teachers use this approach to ensure their students comprehend what they've been taught. When we're sharing important information or instructions, The same techniques that teachers use, we can use to ensure we're in alignment with those that we're talking with. The other benefit of checking for understanding is that by having the person share back their interpretation of your message, they're more likely to remember and internalize that information. It's the same kind of mental experience as why we repeat a phone number or an address when you first hear it. Just saying it out loud helps us remember. So you want to avoid asking yes or no questions like, does that make sense? Or you got it? It's really uncomfortable to say no to these questions, especially to your boss. So people will often respond yes, even if they don't fully understand. So instead, try one of these questions. Different ones work better for different kinds of information. I know I just shared a lot of information, so reflect back to me. 
What are the steps you need to take? Or what are the key points that you heard? When you ask this, you're literally asking for a direct repetition of the key information that you just shared. Another approach is to ask for their interpretation or their analysis of what they just heard. So you might ask a question like, what do you think about this plan? Or what else do you need to know in order to do your work? There must have been something that I missed, so what other details do you need? You can also ask them about the questions they have. By making it more about you and less about them, it will be easier for them to ask these questions. So you might say, what did I say that was unclear? Or what questions do you have? What didn't I cover? When you do this, you're also making it a two-way communication, which is really important because conversations require two people. So the other aspect of having a conversation is the way that you listen. Being a great listener means you listen with more than just your ears. Active listening means you're also looking for signals or cues and adjusting your approach or response given what you're learning. Now, I've experienced this firsthand, in particular when I was speaking with one colleague, and it was almost like I could see him lose interest and start thinking about other things. It was like the intensity of his eyes changed. And so I actually interrupted myself and asked him a question to help bring him back into the conversation. And it totally changed the tone and the dynamic of the conversation we were having. Questions in general are a great way to engage people. And this is important because great communicators don't just talk or share one-sided. They make space for other people's voices and they encourage other people to communicate as well. And when we listen first and talk second, we encourage other people to share more of their authentic self and more of what they're actually thinking. In many teams and cultures, debating or disagreeing with your boss is uncommon if not unwanted. But questions invite other people in, and they invite them to respond with things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have said. Question tactics like the five whys, where you keep asking why five times to uncover deeper thinking rather than making assumptions or taking something at face value, can be quite useful. Not that long ago, I had a coaching call where the person said she was concerned about taking a specific action. And I had lots of ideas as to why she might be concerned, but rather than assume that any of my ideas were accurate and go up a ladder of inference, which is one of the great mental models that I've included in my episode guide, I asked her to share why she was concerned. Even that single inquiry opened up a new line of dialogue for us. I didn't have to assume and respond with my coaching advice based on what I thought was her fear. Instead, I asked and she told me. We can bring a sense of curiosity to our conversations. We can seek to understand before we offer our opinions. And we can ask questions like, what might go wrong if we do this? Or how could we make this idea even better to encourage others to communicate more openly too? All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about some of the more technical pieces of communication. All communication is a combination of content and format. Some things need to be said in person, verbally, usually in a meeting, whereas other things can be shared by email, and other things are probably better said in a short message via chat or text. Knowing what content should be shared in what format can make a huge difference in both the efficiency of the communication and the effectiveness of the message being shared. Be intentional about matching the content with the format. If something can be said in an email or a document like a memo or a dashboard or a video or a voice message, try sharing it that way instead of reporting it out in a meeting. 
I often get pushback when I make this suggestion because people say, but then I won't know if they've actually read it or I know people won't read it if I send it by email. So if that's your case, then try one of these two things. Either schedule a five-minute check-in with each person who you've sent it to and let them know this is the material I want you to read and then we're going to meet for five minutes to go over any questions you have and make sure that there's clarity and understanding of what the information was. Now, instead of having one hour-long meeting with those five people, you're having five five five-minute meetings. The other option is to have people respond with questions or comments either in the material or by email. You may still have to prompt them a few times to make sure that they go in and leave those questions and comments. You can also ask them to just acknowledge in a comment that they've read the material and they have no questions about it. As another example, I try to stick to only assigning tasks to my team members by creating a task in our shared task app rather than asking them to do something via email or in Slack. In cases where a longer explanation is needed, I'll make the task and assign it to them and then send a second message giving more context and information, which might be a video recording of me explaining something, or it could just be a typed out message in Slack or email. It's a little bit more work for me because I have to communicate twice, but at the end, I know it's going to be better for the other person. The task will be in our task system where I know it will be tracked and completed, and the additional information is shared in the best format for that information. Lastly, rockstar managers communicate what needs to be said. This shows up in the form of giving feedback, calling out bad behaviors, and sharing unpopular opinions or information. There are occasions where speaking up can be scary or feel risky, but not speaking up is usually much worse. Feedback is definitely one of the areas where I struggle. I don't like conflict, and I prefer to avoid giving bad news of any kind, but I know that's not helpful for the other person, and it's definitely not helpful for me and my business. So I like the frame of guidance and growth. I find it easier to give critical feedback with the mindset of, I think you're great, and I think you're capable of even more. Fran Suppler in episode six describes feedback as a gift. And when we don't give feedback, we are not giving that person the gift of potential growth, the gift of knowing that they did something that's not working, and we can help them improve by giving them the gift of feedback. Feedback isn't the only place where we have to speak up. Sometimes it may mean that we have to have a straight talk conversation with your entire team or with one person individually. For example, one person I know was really unhappy in her job, but she didn't want to quit until she knew what she was going to do next. Given how unhappy she was, she started showing up late every day, and her boss didn't say anything. After a few weeks, she started leaving early. Again, her boss didn't say anything. In her final weeks before she quit, she was only in the office an average of four hours a day. Now, her work product didn't change that much. She was more efficient and she became a little less social with her colleagues. But still, everyone around her saw her unusual schedule. Her colleagues were not thrilled that she was getting special treatment, which actually soured the atmosphere in the office. So even if her boss was okay with the schedule because he didn't care as long as she got her work done, he should have raised the issue with her and he also should have communicated with the rest of the team rather than letting this unhealthy dynamic fester. So even though some things are hard to say or to confront, we have to step up. That's our job. That's how we can be a rockstar manager with a thriving team. That brings us to the end of this episode. I highly suggest you download the mini guide available at mamieks.com slash podcast 013. It has a great graphic to help you communicate even better. 
And while you're there, subscribe to my newsletter and get every guide delivered to your inbox along with each week's episode and blog article so you never miss any of this great content. You can get all the downloadable graphics to accompany this episode at patreon.com slash modernmanager. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash modernmanager. And the link for all of these are in the show notes. Lastly, if you're listening on iTunes and you found this episode useful, please give it a rating or leave a review. I am still aiming for those 100 ratings and 20 reviews and you can help. That's it for today. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.